0: Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at and and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. So today I wanted to talk about something that is on our minds. Maybe it's in the foreground of our minds. Maybe it's in the background of our mind, but it's still there. And now at this time of year, it is more pronounced than ever. Money. The entire rest of the year, 11 months out of the year when it's not the holidays, Showing that we care about someone is translated to a hug, a get together, going to visit them, a really meaningful phone call. As soon as fucking Thanksgiving hits and Black Friday descends upon us in its blackness, like this horrible black cloud, that goes out the window. How we show we love someone is money. What are we buying? Where are we going? What are we doing? What are we serving for dinner? Are we using paper napkins? No. We're getting cloth napkins. and We're going to have to bleach the lipstick out of four times. It just never ends. It's a performative season. And that, can we not just stop that this year? So one of my friends back in New York, she texted me. She's like, hey, what do you think Kelly would like for Christmas? One of our other friends in New York. And I was like, um... I don't know, is is Nick asking? Is her boyfriend asking? And she's like, no. She's like, I just figured this has been such a shitty year. I just wanted to get Christmas presents for everyone. And I was like, that's so nice and so stressful. I mean, it is like 99% nice and 1% stressful because what it did for me, it didn't make me excited. Oh my gosh, like Katie's going to get me a present. She's so thoughtful and I bet it's going to be so sweet. I didn't say, oh my gosh. I get to go shopping for my friends. What a great idea. All it gave me was anxiety. I thought, fuck, dude, God, are we doing this? Is this, fuck, is this, we're doing this? We're doing, we're doing it? Because I'm going to be back in New York in a little bit to visit my friends, and I'm suddenly picturing me having to check a much bigger bag because it's full of presents, like fucking Santa Claus, and running all over town here in Montana, a small town with not a lot of shopping options, to try to pick out the perfect gift for people, or taking half my time in New York, running around the city buying gifts, or panic shopping on Amazon, hoping things are going to arrive. Joylessness is what I felt. Joylessness. And this was simply the logistical aspect of present buying. This wasn't even the financial aspect. I've had an okay year. Like, I don't feel burdened in that category when it comes to buying gifts, but I just don't want to do it. And I don't know if this is a pandemic function where we are all so existentially exhausted <coughs> or If this is just me becoming a crotchety old uh, Scrooge, I don't think so. Because I am, I love to buy gifts. And I love to host. And I love to entertain. And I love, love Christmas. I have four Christmas trees. And honestly, I might buy a fifth. Oh my god, my boyfriend's going to kill me. But let's talk about that existential exhaustion for a minute. It's a truism that the first day on your job is probably going to be the worst day (laughs) because you just don't know anything. Where's the bathroom? Can I get my parking validated? Where does everyone eat lunch? Do I sit here? Who do I say hello to? You are in this hyper constant state of not knowing. And we as human beings don't like to not know. It's tiring. It's like I can't gain any ground on my life, on my day, on my work, on my projects if I'm focused on this bullshit that's kind of in the background. It's like, All right, like, where's the fucking water fountain? Ah, I just want to work on my spreadsheet. You can't do that because you don't have that data. You don't have that information yet. Hasn't 2020 in its entirety been like that? I can't plan for next month. I can't even plan for next week. I don't know. Am I going to be sick? Am I going to be in the hospital and dead? Is my relative going to be sick? Is my job going to evaporate? Am I even going to be able to leave the house? What's going on? So that sort of constant flexion, you know, when we're just like tensed up, is absolutely draining. And so the concept for so many of us of going out and like making all this Christmas magic is just more flexion. It's more tension. It's more of what I call mosquito stress. If you're in a room and you know there's a mosquito in there, I mean, you're not like screaming and shrieking and melting down, but you aren't at ease. You're like, this. it's in here. And it's going to get me. And no, it's not going to kill me, but I'm not going to like it. And it's just always in the periphery of my mind until it zooms into the foreground. And then it's more stressful, right? What if we could kill that mosquito? Now, I'm not saying we kill Christmas. Christmas is canceled. I love Christmas. But what if we can translate the idea we have about showing someone how much we care? What if we could borrow that from like how much we would show someone we care in May or February or July? What if it wasn't shopping? What if we use this time, this pandemic, as a way to reset our relationship with money and our expectations of other people and the relationship they view us as having with money? Because sometimes we get caught in the rut of the generous friend, right? Like my friend Katie, who's going out and buying gifts for nine of us in our group of friends. Like, I, ugh, I just have to sigh when I think about it. It's exhausting for me to think about, let alone go out and do. So she's like the generous giving friend. She does, And she gives like amazing presents. Like she gave me this set of packing cubes that had XO embroidered on them. Like it's just so thoughtful. She's so observant. And I'm sure that takes a real toll on her, you know, but that's what we love about people giving us thoughtful gifts is like, I don't care. I actually don't care what the gift is. I love thinking about them thinking about it when they see something. They're like, oh, Shallon would love that. I feel so happy by the observation. Like Katie knows that XO is my thing and I put it on everything. I've got it all over my house and it's embroidered on things, right? And to me, her putting that on packing cubes is like, wow, she's observing me. She cares about me. She's plugged into me. She's showing me that value. And does that have a value in terms of dollars? Well, no. Not to me it doesn't. Wouldn't we rather feel seen and heard and listened to and valued by our friends than given a present? I mean, I would, but I know what you're saying. No, it's been a hard year. I haven't been able to buy anything for myself. I would love a present. Valid, girl. You get those gifts. You get it. But we need to start setting some limitations for ourselves. And throughout this pandemic, I've talked about, you know, the silver lining of it. And not like, this is great. Woo! And of course, some people came for me. They're like, how dare you say there's anything good about it? How the fuck dare you not? That's my question. How dare you move through the world refusing to look for the good in anything? How dare you only predicate your happiness on everything being perfect? No wonder you're chirping me online. You're probably extremely unhappy because life is almost never perfect. There's no perfect man, perfect job, perfect house, perfect family, perfect climate. There's none of that. It is our work, our life's work as humans, to look at any situation, house, apartment, job, climate, and say, you know what? I'm going to find the good here. We talk about that, actually, specifically climate, the winter of our lives. We're in a winter season. And you know what? I live in a place where winter is really a thing. Holy shit. Nobody told me that winter was so bad here. Everyone told me. But people find the good in it. They love summer. They love horseback riding and rodeo. And then winter comes, they're like, yeah, it's elk season. Oh, yeah, it's this season. It's snowshoeing. We're going skiing. They find the good in that. And that has been, to see people behave like that out here in Montana has been really inspirational to me because I've translated it to the macro to overall things in our life. So there have been silver linings to this pandemic, the absence of FOMO. I would not have been able to leave New York City without this pandemic. Maybe God engineered it just for me. Thanks, girl. Because I could not have watched on Instagram all my like media friends and society friends like going out and going to parties and gifting suites while I'm like in the woods, you know? It would have just been so jarring. But this is sort of like a methadone. Like I'm sort of easing out of it. Like, yes, I miss the glamour of the city. But I'm eased by the fact that, you know, that's not really happening right now. We were able to slow down. We were able to focus on ourselves. It was suddenly okay to stay home and read and just work on those dorky little projects. Do needlepoint, bake a little bit. Okay. It was okay to cut people out of our lives. People who, oh yeah, yeah, let's go get drinks. That's fine. No, hey, we can't. I'll smell you later. Smell you when this thing's over. And now we have the chance for another round of blessings and this time they're financial. And look, this year has not been a financial blessing for any of us who are not war profiteering, right? Basically. And it's not been very easy, but that's okay. There's still a blessing in hardship. There always is. There's always something to learn. This is the time to reset expectations. You know, whether you're motivated by finance, whether you're motivated by logistics, it doesn't matter. You have the right to say to your friends or family, you know what guys, It's so dangerous for us to be out at Target and doorbusters at Walmart and all this shit. Let's maybe only get one present for each other. We can even do a Secret Santa. We can draw names. We buy for that person. They buy for us. However, we want to work it out. We could do a gift that's more emotional. It's more spiritual. Maybe it's handmade. Maybe it's an act of service. Grandma, I'm going to come over and clean the leaves out of your gutter, right? Brother, I'm going to finally help you set up that Sonos speaker system or whatever it is. Wouldn't that be nice? My mom was asking me. She's like, what do you want? What do you want for Christmas? We are big gift givers. Like this pep talk is as usual for myself as much as it is for you guys because we are gifters. Our Christmases are berserk and they're especially shameful because there's only two of us in the family. I mean, when my grandmother was here, they were just, presents would overflow and it it was shameful because... We were going into debt. We we were going into many different forms of debt. We there was the financial debt, you know. <clears throat> my mom wasn't. I was. I was like in college or whatever, like broke New York struggling editor. <clears throat> but I was going into emotional debt. I was running around. I was stressing myself out. I remember going to Target like on Christmas Eve. We open our presents Christmas Eve, and a few on Christmas morning, and like panic buying, just tchotchke shit. Shitty scented candles, some lame ass pillow. Like, what was I, I, because I was like, we just need more, more presents. There need to be more to unwrap. Ah!" And I felt completely out of control. Completely out of control. I was buying things I couldn't afford and I knew the recipient didn't want my mom is not a tchotchke person. She's a very minimalist person, but I was still like, no, we have to do this. And this year I'm like, no, we don't. So my mom was asking me, what do you want? And I'm like, I honestly, I don't really need anything. I'm good. You know, I'm probably not staying in Montana for the winter, so I don't need a bunch more winter clothes. I have tons, like I've lived in New York forever. I'm good on that front. You know, I wanted like a temperpedic bath mat to stand on when I do my makeup, you know, nothing huge. And I I said to her, and cause she's she's very focused on unwrapping things. You know, she's like, but you're not gonna have anything to unwrap if I give you like a gift certificate for a facial that's so lackluster. And I was like, then let it be lackluster. If it's fragile, let it break. If this is what Christmas is this year, okay. Hey, maybe next year I'm going to have a completely different house. I think I am. I'm house hunting right now for a different place, a larger place with land. Anyway, I might want like a million new pots and pans and serveware and all these things. Like, I could be pregnant. I could have another dog. I could have a husband. I could be really into snowboarding or playing hockey again. Like, there will come a time to spend a lot of money on me. Like, don't you worry. This year, though, I'm leaning into that simplicity. As I've tried to lean into this simplicity throughout this pandemic, the simplicity of contact, the simplicity of aloneness and peace, the simplicity of boredom itself. The absence of FOMO we think is boredom and anxiety. Okay, here it is. Let it come. Let it wash all over me. I survived it. That's okay. I woke up in the morning. Oh, actually, I'm glad I wasn't out getting wasted. I'm up at seven. I'm getting things done. I'm working on my channel, writing a new book. I feel good. I've leaned into those silver linings. And you lean into it by walking through that valley of the shadow of death, right? You walk through the things that you're afraid of. I am afraid to tell my friends and family, you know what? I'm going to get one present for everyone. It's going to be under 30 bucks. That's what it is. We said at the beginning, our mantra, your, your limitations are what make you lovable. I think that this is true. Because what is love predicated on? I think it's based on respect. We all know boys who say they love us, but they don't respect us. Khloe Kardashian said this uh, when Tristan cheated on her. <clears throat> He's, she's like he says, you know, you're my soulmate, and this. He, he may love me, whatever that means. He has no respect for me, and that I, that phrase rang in my ears. I remember rewinding and playing it again and again and again because I was going through something very similar at the time. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) respect is love. You don't have that. You clearly don't have love. I mean, come on, come on. You don't have appreciation. You don't have a boundary setting, none of that. So when I have friends who put up boundaries, no, I don't feel like doing that. I just just don't want to. Mm -mm. Mm, That doesn't really work for me. I don't want to spend the money. I'm afraid of COVID. I don't want to leave my kids. You know what? I might not love that answer, but I respect their gutsiness for telling it to me, for standing up for themselves, for going against whatever the social grain is, whether it's going on a trip or buying presents or whatever, I think, you know what? That's a down ass bitch who I want in my corner. I like her. She is going to shoot me straight. She is going to tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly. And she is going to pull up for me. And I know that when she does, she is there because she wants to be, not because she's a wuss and she's spineless and she's obligated. no, 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 no. If she's in my corner, that is purposeful. So I like that. And I realize people need to be thinking that about me. And my boundaries have to be a central part of my personality. They have to be something that people see, and they respect, and they admire, and that they are inspired by. And I've had friends say this to me, actually. <laughs> I've had friends say recently, you know, you overextend yourself in so many categories. But you don't overextend yourself um, in terms of business. You know your value. And you set your value. And you just cross your arms. You're like, well, that is what it is. If you don't like it, tough shit. Don't buy it. Don't watch it. Don't read it. Don't do a partnership. That is. That's what it is. And I, that was such a compliment to me, because historically, that has absolutely not been how I felt. I didn't know my value at all. I was chronically undervaluing myself. Don't ask for that raise. Take on more work. Ugh, make everyone like you. And guess what? That bled over into the rest of my life. I was doing that with boys. I was doing that with friends, with family, with my body even, pushing myself to the limit. Not in like a, I'm running a marathon kind of way and more like how many cheese fries can I shovel down my gullet. And when I stopped in one category, when I put my foot down with work, I mean, it was a trickle down, you know? and. My friends were saying, they said this the other day, they're like, I see much more boundary setting with you and you've changed a lot since you've gone to Montana. And maybe that's because you remove the stressors of New York City, you know, and you truly do feel cleansed and reborn in this new environment where people don't know you. And you can start completely fresh. You can be whoever you want to be. And that, they were telling me this as I was out at TJ Maxx panic shopping for a noon I was hosting. I can't just use paper towels. No, 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 no. And I can't just use these fanciful paper napkins. No. I need to get a brand new set of fresh cloth napkins. We were eating fucking pizza, okay? And a cheese board. And I can't just use these serving bowls that... Um, actually no one's ever seen cause I haven't been in my house yet. So it's not like they're like, whoa, these bowls again. No, no, no. I have to go out and get this whole new thing, whole new pots and pans. I was, I was on like this rampage and my friends saying that to me just dialed it down. And I thought, yes, I have the chance to reset. And this is what I'm asking you guys to do. Reset. You don't have to pick up and move to Montana. Although I would love it if you did. We could all be friends. But it's a resetting based on the pandemic, based on financial situations changing, based on the logistics of not being able to go out and shop. This is your chance to dial it down. And you can acknowledge it. Be like, you know what? I know that I was like the party hostess. I was the gift giver. I was doing all these things. I just feel so tired thinking about doing that. It doesn't bring me joy. And I want the things I do, especially during the season, to be joyful, And to be motivated by joy. So I'm scaling things back. And I would love it. We should all do that. Yeah, let's get together for a big Christmas dinner. But fuck, dude, let's order pizza. We don't need to cook a turkey and a ham and drunk Uncle Marty. Let's make this easy. Let's make this not about that demonstrative, conspicuous consumption. Let's make it about our heart centers. About our acts of service. About quality conversations and hugs by the fire. Maybe we could just do that. And maybe we could see if that gives us just as much joy as all of this financial expenditure did. Because when I look back, when I have given like really lavish Christmases, whether it was to a boyfriend or to this, I honestly don't remember what I got them. I, I like if I stop and think about it, I do. But not, I mean, not really. I remember the stress. And I remember the joy of, uh, I remember the excitement of like wrapping something. I'm excited to give it to them. I remember the connection. I remember us sitting around watching Christmas movies. What I gave them was kind of immaterial. And you know what? I have absolutely no idea what they gave me. I can't remember what Max gave me for Christmas, my birthday, Valentine's Day. I mean, I know he did give me things, but I just don't remember what they were because it wasn't about that and he was a very good gift giver but it just wasn't about that it's like i remember laying on the couch listening to the ariana grande christmas album i remember when i was married i was just in this absolute tizzy about hosting a party and running around and i could feel this pressure in my chest almost like i couldn't breathe and my husband stopped me and he's like come here come come over here come over here to the bed and i was like no but i have to i was just like foaming at the mouth i wasn't even making sense and he turned the lights on and he put on like a Christina Aguilera Christmas song. And he's like, we're just going to lay here for 15 minutes. I just want you to breathe and I want you to lay. And that was the best part of that Christmas. That's all I remember from that year It's just that quiet moment. So how can we cultivate these quiet moments this holiday season for us? Well, I think setting those boundaries and being upfront about it, you know, whether it's the eating boundary. Mom, you know what? I'm coming home for Christmas. I'm excited to see you. I got to say, though, I'm on keto. I'm on Weight Watchers. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. I love you. I'm going to eat X, Y, and Z that you make because it's delicious. But this is just where I am and it's where I am in order to feel good about myself and therefore be happy and be present. You know, you know how I feel when I feel fat. I'm a monster. Do it with presents because I guarantee whatever boundary you're setting, there is someone in your orbit who's wanting to set that boundary and especially about money. I know a lot of people actually who have had really good years. I mean, talk about war profiteering. They have cleaned up during this pandemic for one reason or another. And even they are not like, I am going to go absolutely berserk on present buying because We don't need to like the bar is low, the bar is reset. It's not what our hearts are yearning for. We're yearning for connection. We're yearning to just we're yearning for normalcy, and we are yearning for rest. And when we get focused on these material things, these over the top Christmases, that to me is not a function of oh we feel good about ourselves, and you know we just want to show it through presents. I don't think so. When I've done that, that's not where a place I was coming from. I was coming from the opposite. I was frenetic and manic, just vibrating with this nervous energy, this need to prove something and stay in this constant state of stress, this whirling dervish. That's what it was. And it just manifested with an equally manic Christmas shopping with debt that now, (laughs) great. Be- feeling poor and being poor is one of the worst feelings on planet Earth. I mean, it's up there with, like, homesickness and nostalgia. It is unbearable. You feel locked out of everything. And isn't it true that when you have no money and you just, like, walk around the mall, so everything in the windows you have to have? It doesn't matter if it's an orange coverall jumpsuit. It You have to have it. And you feel brutalized by the world that you don't get to. But when you have money and you go shopping, you're so much more discerning. It's like, ugh. Like any of this stuff. It's because that attitude truly is an attitude, right? It's the attitude of lack versus the attitude of wealth, and therefore the attitude of elasticity. I don't need to buy this. I can buy it later. I feel good. There are very few things that feel better than having a little money in your pocket. And while it might not be possible for you to make more money at this point, you know, maybe your job or whatever it is, it is possible for you to save your money. And if someone in your life has a problem with that, They shouldn't be in your life. And I realize I could be talking about someone very close to you, someone who you love, someone who is related to you. Fuck blood. Fuck blood, dude. This is your life. This is your stress. Okay. You splash out and maybe it's not a present. You know, it's not like our parents are like, where's my Chanel bag? But they might be like, well, where's your plane ticket home? What do you mean you can't take seven days off from work? What do you mean you, you can't afford it? It's like, I can't, this is my boundary. I don't feel good doing this. This stresses me out. This makes me miserable. I can come home for two days. I can't come home for seven. I can take the train. I can't fly unless you want to pay for that. Set those boundaries up and look at who has a problem with it. This is part of the silver lining of the pandemic. And it doesn't feel good. Growth usually doesn't, right? That's why I call it growing pains. But look at the people who have a real problem with your boundaries. If you're like, we're doing a $10 gift exchange. Oh, well, okay, I guess I'm just going to take back that thing I bought. Cool, Jen, take back that fucking thing you bought. I sounds like a you problem. I don't know, man. I'm protecting myself, my peace, my money, my boundaries. I'm going into this new year whole. As whole as I can possibly make myself. So that when things do lift, I feel like, You know what? I'm a few steps ahead of the curve. I don't feel bedraggled and brutalized by this year like I have been. I've taken back a little bit of my power. And the whole reason this year has been so difficult is like I said, we didn't feel like we had power. We didn't feel like we knew what was happening and therefore we couldn't control anything. This is a way to get that back. And it's quiet and it's small and it might be unpopular and it certainly might be unglamorous. That's okay. That's okay. Growth oftentimes is, progress usually is, healthiness always is. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalomtourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram, at ShalinXO and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.